Welcome back for another episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast. It's mid-February, times are a little, recruiting's a little slow right now. So Sean Fitz and I decided we're going to look back, take a little trip down memory lane this week. We're going to look at some of the more interesting commitments over the years, whether it's guys who have uh, came as a surprise to us, whether guys trying to fake us out on where they're going. Uh, there's some fun stories to be told, and we think this will be a fun one. Let's get it started. What's up, Fitz? How was your weekend, man? Weekend was good. Spent time down your way in the Hershey area for a swim meet. Got to got to pop over to Trogues, as you know, I always enjoy, and uh, <laughs> that was a good time. How about yourself? B- boring, but that was okay. We'll take boring uh, in mid February. I took my kids to see a dirt bike race at Motorama. I don't know if anyone knows what Motorama is in Harrisburg, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm really fit in with that crowd too well, but it, it was an interesting experience nonetheless. It's kind of fun watching those uh, races. So if anyone was there, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a it's a fun crowd, an interesting crowd, uh, but, it, but it was a good time nonetheless. But yeah, yeah an easy what? weekend. Boring, boring is good. Uh, boring is yes. good in our field, and that's kind of how we'll segue into the show today because... You and I, we've been doing this for a long time. You started in 2010 when I left Rivals and went to 24-7. You came in as an intern, started covering, doing a great job. And then so we spent the last 13 years, for the most part, against each other, but with each other doing some things. The one thing constant between us two is we don't like to know or we we hate not knowing what's going on. And sometimes we get surprised. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes there's just things that we can't talk about you know all the all all these things come together but rarely do we get caught completely flat-footed um it happens because you know this is recruiting and things are crazy um but you and i were just trying to figure out what are we going to talk about today and there's nothing really going on it's the dead period they'll start getting guys back on campus in march whatever um but thinking back uh is is sort of a retrofitted show here and uh, we had some fun, like uh, going back over some old memories and, and people always ask for stories and stuff like that. And sometimes you got to distance yourself a little bit from that time period before you can tell them. But it's always fun to reminisce and, and think back and, and look at some of these names and like some of these names I haven't thought about in years. It's 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 a really fun, <laughs> uh, fun topic to, to attack today on, to, on the show. Yeah, got to give it to Fitz. He we, we were brainstorming to try and figure out a good show today. And uh, this was Sean's idea. So. Props to you, Sean, on this one. I'll start by saying this. Uh, some of these older ones, you know, to looking back to 2010, 2011, my memory is not always the best. So I'll let Sean handle most of those. I was also 22, 23, 24 at the time uh, for some of these uh, older ones. So, you know, maybe I wasn't as professional as I am now. We'll leave it at that as far as remembering all the details and things like that. Sean was a bit more seasoned uh, at the time. But we, I mean, I would say over the last 13, 14 years, what, there's maybe like one, maybe two guys per each class that get us, right? You know, just whether it's a guy trying to mess with us or, uh, you know, we just aren't around right when this kid pops at that right time. Uh, and that's what we're kind of going to talk about today. Go ahead, Sean. Well, sometimes, I mean, it, it's not just getting us, it's getting the staff. You think back uh, sure. to January, Devin Carter calls up Taylor Stubblefield in, in the locker room after the Rose Bowl and commits and doesn't talk to James Franklin, puts out his own graphic. That's a huge red flag, by the way. When when your graphic goes up and it's not from Penn State, uh, things have come a long way in the graphics and social media department with Penn State in a, in a short period of time. But when a kid puts out his own graphic, you're kind of like, what's going on? So when Devin Carter did that, 
I didn't take it as a sign of things to come, but guess what? It was a sign of things to come. So these are the, the, the little things we look for. Um, and, and that's been something that's, uh, it's, it's reared its ugly head the last couple of, of, uh, cycles. And it's not always like, like it, it, it never has the same outcome. Andre Roy committed in uh, September of 2021, I think it was. Um, I was in Wisconsin for the Ryder Cup at that point and just came out of nowhere, <laughs> put out his own graphic, didn't talk to the staff. I got a call from um, somebody at Penn State was like, we don't know what the hell is going on. And it was like, it, it was a sign of what was going to happen. Like, this is a kid that didn't do any of the processes that they put them through. And, you know, when I say processes they put them through, you, you have conversations with multiple people. You understand what it takes when, when Penn State is taking a commitment. And some guys just don't do that. On the flip side, Carmelo Taylor, who just signed with Penn State in December, did the exact same thing. Like, he didn't talk with them for a little bit. I think they were out at practice when he decided to, to tweet out his commitment. They were happy to take his commitment, but you always keep that in the back of your mind when, uh, when something like that happens. So just some recent examples, because social media has been so crazy. Like this stuff takes off. Like, like you could, um, like, like somebody could tweet that, delete it and somebody's got it. Like it's a screenshot right away. It's never going away. So, um, guys like Carmelo Taylor and Andre Roy, even though they were, you know, finished up in different situations, kind of set us scrambling. And it was like, uh, especially since I was on vacation the first time, and we were just kind of like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> well, first off, humble brag for the for the Ryder Cup. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> I remember, so two, I have two stories. So one, Carmelo Taylor, I'm getting fitted for a suit in a, in a wedding I was about to be in. Uh, props to Chad Simmons and those guys for, for handling it at the time. Um, or yes, yeah, that was Carmelo. I don't, I'm not sure. You weren't on staff yet. Yeah, yeah you, that, was, that was while you were enjoying another awesome vacation. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not a fun one. I remember uh, being at uh, you know, one of those wedding places. I forget which one, Men's Warehouse or something like that, trying to work from a, a stall getting fitted for a suit. But Andre Roy... I think we can tell this story. I hope we can tell the story. And if not, someone's going to be mad at me, but I'll say it anyway. So you and I, we've worked for different companies at a time, but we've worked together uh, a lot of times as well. And we get on a joint call with somebody. We're not going to say who. And that person basically called what played out with Andre Roy, which was mm -hmm. that they weren't exactly sure how legit this commitment was. And then not only that, they wondered if Maryland or Roy or St. Francis were playing games here. And that's exactly how it played out. Of course, Jay Sean Barham, the same thing kind of happened with South Carolina. They both flipped, flipped to Maryland, you know, right before signing day or during signing day, something like that. And uh, I'll just never forget that call we had because that person called it exactly. And I remember at the time thinking like, man, that's some... That's some next level stuff there that I've never really noticed on the recruiting trial. I know those games happen, but not a specific example like this. And yeah, that that's that's just one of those calls, one of those instances, man, where uh, I'll never forget it because Penn State knew exactly what was happening. Yeah, it's uh, it was all like conspiracy tinfoil hat type stuff at the time too. <laughs> and like you said, they nailed it. Um, and it was it was really funny, just like sitting back in hindsight. And uh, you know, I know people really take this seriously and we take this seriously as our jobs but like when you can sit back and, and recognize the comedy aspect of everything like i was the, the only surprising thing about jay sean barham in hindsight was that he didn't do it to penn state is that he did it to south carolina and uh i know south carolina has been trying to get in the dmv and i know mike loxley has sort of done these things before 
Um, but uh, it's just that's that's it's one of a kind situation, and uh, it doesn't it hasn't helped with St. Francis, obviously. And St. Francis, it, it, and it's and that's a funny thing when that comes out, St. Francis tries to distance itself from that happening because it's got relationships to keep, even though Penn State's never landed a guy from St. Francis, they still bring their guys up for visits. They still, you know, want their kids being offered and want this as an option, uh, even though it hasn't worked out. But that's kind of just the, the comedy in it is just like, uh, what are we doing here? Like that, that that's when, when Brian Doan and I talk like, and we talk about these crazy things that it always comes back to Doan just going, what are we doing here? Like that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's one of his catchphrases. So yes. um, that was cool. But beyond those guys before all this, like 2010, like, so I'm getting 24 seven off the ground. You're an intern, whatever. Penn state's down in Tampa for the Outback bowl. And I get a call. I'm driving down to uh, the beach actually before I fly down to Tampa for the Outback Bowl. That would they end up playing against Florida. Matt McGloin would throw all the interceptions. Rob Bolden's dad would tell me that he was transferring. You know, just a, a mess of things in the next couple of days. But Anthony Zettel was announcing that night, and it was Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State. And Penn State seemed like just an add-in because he had been there a couple of times. I think he took an official visit, um, and it was really one of those things where you did not expect like you expected it to be Michigan state. He's from West branch, Michigan. Um, didn't grow up, I think a, a Michigan or a Michigan state guy, but very, very tied in close with his family, all that kind of stuff. So I get a call about 15 minutes before his announcement. And, um, they were at the hockey game, a Tampa Bay lightning game. And I was like, what's up, what's going on? He's like, yo, and I can't can't mention names here. Some of these guys are still in coaching. Some of these aren't. This this guy isn't. But uh, I was like, "Yo, we're getting Zettel." And I I said, "You got to be shitting me." And sorry, T. Frank, if I'm swearing, I, I <laughs> forget the rules here. Um, didn't believe it. Had to pull off of uh, Route 70 and write a story. And um, Penn State got him, and that was an unbelievable pull at the time. There wasn't a Good to know the uh, the rules on language there. Um, it wasn't a situation where Penn State had a ton of momentum. It wasn't a situation where anybody expected him to, to go to Penn State. But getting him, like going to the board at that point and saying, you guys may want to tune into this one was so big at that point for our site and our career or my career, basically, um, that it was such a it was such a cool thing to happen. And it came together. He ended up going on to Penn State, doing great things, playing the NFL for a while, um, setting himself up pretty well. But, uh, man, Anthony Zettel, um, big member of Penn State's class of 2011 and uh, really one of the few swerves that we were used to seeing at that point. I was at the bar. (laughs) I just turned 21 not that long ago, and I was home for Christmas break, uh, sleeping at my old parents' house. I'm like 21 at the time. Yeah, and I just remember having to step out, and uh, luckily I had my laptop on me. But unfortunately, I wasn't connected enough like you at the time, Sean, where I could get that 15-minute uh, heads up. So I, I just remember scrambling at the time. But uh, another one we'll go into, Gary Wooten. Remember Gary Wooten's class of 2011? So what was interesting with Gary, and Sean, you may remember some of the details uh, a little bit better, but didn't I, I, he got an offer like right before – was it while camp was going on? I think it was like in August, mid-August – and basically, I think Ted Roof offers him, and then he comes up. I don't know, was it for a visit, or was he just coming up and like, hey, I'm I'm committed. Like, I'm I'm packing my bags to stay here. But it was while camp was happening, I believe. Yeah, it was August 17th. I mean, they were well into camp at that point, and he was just basically joined the team. And uh, Ted Roof was the connection there. You remember correctly, he was from Hialeah, Florida. Um, and 
they needed guys bad at that point. Like there was still some, some, some turnover there. Um, and they just needed bodies that could play, especially at linebacker. And, um, I was playing golf in Lancaster at that point. And I got a call from the same person that called me about Zettel. It's like, Hey, you're, you're the only one we're telling this. And it's going to like, we want you to have the story. And you don't get that all the time. And it was a really cool gesture at that point. But, um, Gary Wooten didn't turn out to be anything. You know, it was it was a cool addition. Uh, you know, Penn State at that point did not get many guys from Florida. And um, this is a situation where you just basically brought him in um, sight unseen and got out there and he joined the team, never really did anything. I think he ended up his career at Duquesne um, after a couple of years at Penn State. Don't believe he played all that much besides special teams here. Um, but that was a that was a cool one in that he just like that that does not happen in the middle of camp too. It's not like he came up in June when all the other guys enrolled and all of a sudden we're at Lift for Life and we see this guy and we and we notice him. No, it's in the middle of camp. So they threw him into the fire and uh, didn't turn out. But uh, that was one of those things where they were kind of exhausting every kind of uh, uh, every kind of option that they had at that point. For sure. Well, then the next year. Brennan Franklin, another linebacker. So this wasn't during camp, but this was right before camp. I think it was the end of July. He gets, so first off, let's set the table with Brennan Franklin. He's from Peoria, Arizona. Okay. I don't know about you, Sean, but I wasn't following Arizona too closely. No, I think Ryan Nowicki had signed the year before from Arizona. And that's, uh, that's right. I don't know if that was the in, but like, that's how they found themselves in Arizona. Like you remember, they were scrambling bad at this point. I mean, 2012 obviously you know things happening at this point um they were basically looking for anybody that could play or would play for them and uh, it wasn't it was not an easy sell even for for guys that were not good enough to play here essentially for for sure so he was going to end up at eastern arizona community college and the deal that he had worked out or at least what schools were telling him was go to this community college for six months and then i think he was talking to arizona and Arizona State. And they said, hey, go play here. And then, you know, you can, I don't know if it was gray shirting at the time. There's not really much gray shirting, but there was some kind of a similar situation where he was going to end up at one of those two Arizona schools, or at least that's what he was telling us. And then he gets a call from Ted Roof one night, who they had a couple prior calls. It, it didn't seem like it won anywhere. And then boom, on a Friday night, he gets an offer from Ted Roof. Uh, signs his letter of intent. I think it was like a day or two later because they were still not quite in camp, I believe, at the time. And then he ends up getting to camp or uh, enrolling, I don't know, within 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 a matter of days. So that was just one of those other ones where it was kind of similar to Wooten, but it was just a little bit before camp while Wooten was during camp. I remember talking to Mike Maudie one time and I asked him about his linebackers or whatever. And this was part on record, part off record, just you know, standing there talking, whatever. And I asked him about Brennan Franklin. And first he said, who? And this is like a year into it, whatever. And then he gathers himself. And as only Mike Maudie can do. Mike is a straight shooter. He goes, I will give you $5,000 if he ever steps on the field at Penn State. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to take this to mean that I uh, probably shouldn't be talking about him too much. But uh, yeah, that was a, uh, a situation where um, they didn't do their due diligence, I would say. And uh, it, it turned out that uh, Brennan Franklin, not a quality addition to the program. There were other ones. Maybe we'll discuss later in the show that uh, I would agree with on that one. So Kevin Givens wasn't, this was the following year then, or actually a couple years later, excuse me. Kevin Givens was class of 2015, I believe it was. I remember him committing to Pitt very early on. 
mm-hmm. comes to camp at Penn State, and then took a visit in November. And Kevin was never one to talk all that much. A uh, few, I mean, this was like, this was even really before Twitter taking off, right? I mean, the, Twitter was going on then, but not like it was now when, it, you know, putting out all your offers. But I, I just no, you remember found, few, you found guys on Facebook. That's how you did it at that point. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Facebook was much more popular than to find that stuff. But I, I do remember him coming up for a visit and, you know, everything he said was still all about Pitt. And then did he not? I mean, was it, did he flip the Penn State on signing day? I believe it was, which, which kind of at least caught me by surprise. Did that catch you by surprise? I, I thought Kevin was, was someone we needed to mention. Yeah, definitely. It was a surprise in the sense that we, I remember we both had something prepared because we had reached out or someone had reached out to both of us and let us know that it was happening, but we couldn't say anything until he actually signed that, that day. Um, because of the, the general name, like if you remember at this point, that was 2015. So that's a year into, uh, Franklin versus Narduzzi in the fact that they were just like at each other, like crazy Nick Bowers. That's a, that's a story. Uh, Givens, of course, but Givens is out in Altoona. It's different than Bowers being right up the road, uh, out near Pittsburgh. So, um, that was one where they, they had worked, um, you know, very, very diligently behind the scenes, um, with Givens and they didn't know what to do with him. Like he camped as a linebacker for, for the O'Brien staff. Um, Penn state liked him as a D end. They didn't actually, I do remember that now they didn't want it written that he was going to be a defensive tackle, even though eventually they, they came around, they were like, yeah, he's going to be a, like a, a spitfire, like guy that can get off the line, get into the backfield. And eventually that's what he was. I mean, he was a phenomenal player. Um, but uh, they did not want him knowing that their plans were him for him were as a defensive tackle. Uh, they wanted he he played. I think he played his his red shirt or his freshman year as a defensive end before moving down. But that was a that was a signing day surprise. I don't know how surprised Pitt was. Um, I don't I don't recall off the offhand, but I know that that was a scenario where these guys were at each other like crazy, and that was just like a you know. It felt at the time like not a petty move, but it felt at the time like it was we're going to take this guy because he's committed to you instead of like we're going to take this guy because we really like him again. He's in the NFL right now. So Penn State uh, with a double win there. So I I skipped over a class. I forgot the 2014 class. Now, this was before Franklin comes in, I believe. Now, this was the end of O'Brien's tenure, I believe, if I have that correct. And there were two guys. Uh, and you you probably remember the details with with Dante Raymond better linebacker. He was going to Delaware at the time from Rahway, New Jersey, and then there was also athlete Nico Robinson uh, out of Florida. Just what do you? We'll, we'll start with Dante Raymond first because you want you remember this one a little bit better than I do. Uh, I know he eventually ended up at Lackawanna, but I I do remember him committing to Penn State, but like it wasn't out there at all, and we had to get we were talking to some people uh, to get it confirmed. And I just, I just remember that being a difficult situation where I think it took a couple of days to lock it down or at least, at least a day or two, I thought. So this was at the outset of the, we are better tweets and like nobody caught on. I think one of the first ones was like Troy Vincent or something like that. And then we're like, Hey, there's, there's something here. And it wasn't O'Brien. It was the Penn state recruits account, which is still active, but hasn't tweeted in five years, six years, something like that. Um, this was a situation where Penn state needed bodies. Um, they, they want, they were of course short on scholarships, short on talent, uh, and a lot of things like that. And we actually had to pry this one out of people. You and I were like working together because the clues that we got was it's a linebacker and he camped 
I remember that distinctly. It was a linebacker and he camped and we're, we're looking back through all our stuff and linebacker is not exactly a, a, a position that you track during camp. Um, so we eventually, you, I think you were the one that landed on, landed on it and got it confirmed. And, uh, that was a weird one, man. Cause Dante didn't talk. Uh, he didn't talk to us. Oh. He didn't really talk to the staff. Um, when Franklin came on board, uh, he was one of the first to go. He was committed to Delaware, flipped to Penn state, flipped back to Delaware. And I think spent his freshman year at Delaware before going to Lackawanna. Um, so that one never really turned out. It, talented guy like you put on his tape and he was fun to watch um but i don't know that he could have played at penn state so um that was one nico was nico was unfortunate because he committed like um, i think sight unseen in june 2012 um a couple days after he got offered and penn state really liked him and brought him on campus and there were some some academic things that they couldn't work through and he ended up at south alabama i believe um but uh, that one i felt bad for because he came up he, he was actually on campus but he couldn't work out with the team. He couldn't do anything with the team until they got him cleared. And um, I remember, sorry, I remember texting Bill uh, O'Brien and he's like, <laughs> I feel bad, like, because I'm going after this story. But at the same time, it was like so delicate at this point. He's like, he's a good kid. And that's basically all he said to me. Um, and that's what he said on record uh, a couple of days later and uh, never, never played for Penn State. I know there was some thoughts that he might pop up at like West Virginia or something like that. But I believe he went to South Alabama. He was from uh, that Florida, Alabama um, border right there. Um, so that was a, that was a tough one. Cause they needed bodies at the time and, and he was a pretty darn good athlete. All right. 2015 to 2017 range. There's two other ones that popped up to my mind. You, you remember Josh Barajas, I think a little bit better than me. I just remember him committing um, and then going to Notre Dame. I don't remember all the details for that one. Do you remember him too well? I, I remember some of it, but I don't. I want to make sure we get it right. So he visited for, call it a junior day, whatever, in in or spring practice or something like that in March um, of 2014, and then he committed a week later, like out of the blue. Like everybody thought he was going to Notre Dame. It's one of those things where everybody thought he was going to Notre Dame, and then he shocked the world by going to Penn State. And then two months later, he's committed to Notre Dame. Like, and it's yeah. just one of those things where it just everything kind of came out of nowhere. He was an All-American, uh, a linebacker, which Penn State fans love their linebackers. Um, and he just uh, surprised everybody by going to Penn State and then surprised nobody by flipping to Notre Dame. I think the surprise here, I thought he was a good player. Like, I thought he was a really good player. He didn't do anything at Notre Dame. And like, I, I think he bounced around, maybe went to Illinois State, if I'm going off the top of my head here, and really didn't do much there either. Um, so... I don't want to say Penn State dodged a bullet there, but Penn State had a great, what they thought was a great linebacker commit in that class of 2025. And then two months later, just turns around and flips. So just a, sometimes there's just an era mystery about some some of these guys. And uh, Barajas fits that key. I was actually texting with Corey James beforehand, and Corey was doing recruiting for Scout um, at that time and then came over and 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 helped us out on 24-7. And he that Barajas was one that just like made him – we were texting, but it made him audibly giggle. So uh, that was one of those <laughs> things that you just put out of the put out of your mind because he was in the class for two months, and then all of a sudden, never heard from again. Wasn't Derek Pitts the same situation though? Like we all thought West Virginia, he commits to Penn State and then goes to West Virginia, or was it? Or maybe I get that wrong. Did did I get that so wrong? He Penn State. Penn State thought he was going to West Virginia, and then he committed to Penn State like on a live or something like that. And uh, in July of 2016, and the Penn State staff was not prepared. Like they thought he was going to West Virginia. And so uh, that was, 
I'm oh, sorry, July 27th, uh, 2016 is when he committed. So he fooled, not fooled the staff, but he caught the staff off guard. He caught us off guard. He caught, I think, uh, don't quote me on this, but Chris Anderson may have had quotes about West Virginia. Like sometimes, and that's a funny thing here too, is sometimes we get quotes from guys um, for a, a particular school and something changes at the last minute. I know from talking to Doan, um, he had a, a guy that had had quotes for Stanford and then all of a sudden flipped to Ohio State at the last second. And it's like, what do I do with these quotes? You know, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's the funny thing that uh, when you talk about the last minute switches and decisions and things like that, but Pitts was in the class for a while, um, took a visit to West Virginia in uh, October, I believe it was, and then decommitted a couple of days later. So one of those ones where you thought all along he would end up at the the school like Barajas, you know, you thought he would end up at Notre Dame. You thought Pitts would end up at West Virginia. He eventually did. But that was one that caught us off guard, caught the staff off guard and kind of caught everybody off guard. He went to Pitts went to NC State eventually, right? I think he did. He bounced around for a while. I know there was some he got in some trouble. Um but did he go to Marshall sure. too? He he may have. I mean, I, I I recognize his name from the the earlier days of the portal, but I don't think that uh, that that'd be an interesting Google search for someone to do. Um, yeah, I'm but, trying but to I find it here. I haven't tracked his uh, I haven't tracked his movements. Um, we did skip one in uh, 2013. Remember Jordan Smith, um, the corner? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Go forgot, ahead. Forgot about I, him. He was. You know the details better than me on that one. That's why I skipped it. So he well. came up to camp in 2013 or 2012. Um, this is, you know, in the midst, like, I guess this was before the, the sanctions got announced and things like that. He came up to camp with Roman Morris and prime example. And, you know, he was with the top group, whatever. It wasn't anything special, but he was a guy that was done with his high school. And eventually, you know, he, he basically would be like a post-grad now. Um, they worked him out. They, um, didn't offer him at that point. And then I think in August, uh, I remember it was on a bachelor party actually, um, where Roman calls me. He's like, Hey, Jordan Smith's going to go to Penn state. And I'm trying to piece things together. And basically they took, they took Roman's word, which you know, I, I would too, you know, as a, as a defensive back, a guy that they could get in right away, a guy that, you know, they thought could play um, with what they were doing. And at this point they're taking Anthony Smith, uh, you know, Jordan Smith, they're, they're taking guys that are, not at the athletic level that you needed to be at this level, but still guys that guys that could do something, give you a little bit of positional flexibility, guys that could play. Um, Jordan was actually a key part of that um, big 10 championship game or big 10 championship team. He was the fourth or fifth corner, but Penn state played a lot of corners at that point. So um, Smith was able to work his way into a, a, a role there to his credit. I mean, he was one of those guys that worked like legitimately worked his ass off to be, um, a part of that team to be a part of um, that championship. So that's cool to see. Like anytime you take a chance on somebody, the, the, as you mentioned, as you think about Gary Wooten and Brendan Franklin and Dante, you know, some of these guys, the, re the rewards aren't there, but for a guy like Jordan Smith to come in and have the impact that he did as a, as an arrival like that, I think it's pretty cool. All right. A couple more. So we're getting into the newer years now. Yeah. Michael Bowens. This is a fun one. So Michael Bowens didn't catch us by surprise when he committed or how he committed or any of that. Cause he came and visited and then committed shortly after. So we knew it. We just were very surprised that they were taking him. If, if I'm being blunt about it, uh, I mean, we, Sean, I'll you. We I still mean, kind of are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still never understood that one. Um, uh, Sean, I'll throw it to you. I just, obviously it didn't work out for him at Oklahoma. Is he still in the portal? 
I don't know if you found uh, a home I'm or not. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I'll say this. Um, he came in for a visit, and there were four of them. And one of them was Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end who was like the one of the freakiest of freaks that he was like a five star. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very big and he can run like he's, he's offensive lineman size can run like a receiver or whatever. Um, so Penn state thought they might be able to get in there. Um, I think the interesting thing about Micah Bowens was that that day I had reported that George Campbell was on campus, the Florida state wide receiver. And this is the very early, like this is the first transfer portal cycle, whatever. Um, so having a transfer on campus is a big deal. Penn state wanted George Campbell to play for them, but, uh, he did not get into grad school here, ended up at West Virginia, caught a few touchdowns for the Mountaineers and things like that. So at dinner, I report on George Campbell and that's really cool. And then I went to a musical on campus at Eisenhower, the Carol King musical. So I'm sitting there and my phone is just going crazy. And it turns out it was for Micah Bowens and yeah, quarterback's a big deal in a class, obviously. But in hindsight, that was, uh, boy, that's uh, that's a tough one. Never understood that one. Yeah, we, we now you bring up, uh, uh, not Campbell, who who was the tight end? You just brought him up, the five star. Uh, the the group he came oh, with, Darnell he was Washington. like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The group he came with, he was the one we weren't paying attention to at, all. at all. I think they offered <laughs> so, him. And it, yeah. Nowadays, when you bring in a group like that, like you offer all of them, cause that's what you do. Like that's kind of what an offer that's means. What... So yeah, he was the throw and there was a running back in there. There was an offensive lineman, maybe, uh, maybe a defensive lineman. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, he is still in the portal and still is uncommitted and uh, still was the one time I walked away from Penn state's camp, watching a quarterback that had committed saying, are we sure about this guys? That's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. Some other people have since admitted that as well, but that's a story for another day. Uh, Tyler Warren. Tyler Warren is still – I don't think Tyler Warren's still on social media, is he? I think he's uh, still – I believe he's got an Instagram because I, I hit him up and got an interview through Instagram one time. Um, okay. And he's uh, – but no Twitter. Like in the age where – like that kind of peaked, right? The, the, the offers and everything like that. He was a guy that was completely off the radar. He was a high school quarterback, you know had some like really good offers and really good in like this one came down, I think to Penn state and Michigan. Um, but, uh, it was committed well, to Virginia Tyler tech Warren, early. Remember as a quarterback, yeah, yeah. clearly Sorry. not a quarterback at this level. Um, but, uh, it was one of those things where it just kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. I do remember talking to someone about Tyler Warren in advance and I thought about putting a crystal ball pick in at the time. And they're like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that will out a lot of things. And I was like, fine, whatever. Um, cause sometimes there's a give and take here and, uh, yeah, Tyler Warren was one of them. Um, good get for Penn state. He's been a quality tight end, been a quality special teams guy. Um, I think he'll be in the mix for a special teams captaincy this year. So there's, uh, there's a lot to like about, uh, Tyler Warren, especially the way that he handled his recruitment. Like that was like, there was nothing, absolutely nothing on that one. Yeah. I've got his coach. I got his coach for an interview. I don't know, maybe a month or two later. And his coach was like, no, he's not going to talk to you. Like, I've never had a coach say that. Like, at least your coach is like, yeah, you know, I'll do, I'll do my best. You know, I'll talk to dad. I've never had a coach that's like, yeah, no, you got no chance. <laughs> so that's something that's I'll great. remember. And I remember also, this was another situation where you and I had a joint call with somebody. And they were helping us get the visitor list for that weekend. And they were like, oh, by the way, there's this kid coming from Virginia Tech but you can't put it out there. And that's how I'm pretty sure we both learned about him because the visit was I don't know, a couple months before 
I mean, I think it was the spring because he committed to Penn State in, in early July. Um, so I think I, it was probably like April-ish, I want to say. Yeah, I want to say like he was committed to Virginia Tech early, um, but I want to say the first I had heard about him, aside from that, was like a local newspaper article was like, He's being recruited by Penn State, Michigan. I think Alabama was the school that was involved or mm-hmm. something like that. And it didn't really ring a bell. So it made us look a little bit closer into that one. But uh, that's one of those ones where silence is, uh, you know, golden and deadly at the same time if you're trying to actually get a story on it. But if you look if you look back at like his 24-7 profile and on three profiles now, like we, we try to track all these visits. If you look back you won't find a Penn state visit because we weren't allowed to, we weren't allowed to, to put it out there, but he came to Penn state at some point. It was like April, March, April, May of 2019. Cause he decommits from Virginia tech in May, 2019. I think it was like a month before that, but that's just one of those ones. I remember where, uh, you know, we, we had to try and keep that one quiet. So we uh, didn't have people mad at us, but all right. Ken Talley. This was, this was, I don't know if we'll end on this one. We have, a, I mean, we talked about Andre Roy and Carmelo and Devin, but Ken Talley was one I'll never forget just because we all knew he was coming to Penn State. He didn't, that didn't catch us by surprise. What he tried to do, I think we've put this on some places at some points uh, on message boards and things like that. He tried to throw us off. He gave us a video, I think it was, of him committing to Arizona State. And did he put that out publicly then or not? I don't know if he put it out publicly, but he definitely tried to throw us all off and say he was committing to Arizona State. It was so like, I don't know. We're smarter than we look. I know it doesn't take you know much, <laughs> but like we knew he was going to Penn State. Like we knew that like we knew it on this end. We knew it on the other end. We had some people at Arizona State at that point. Um, and it's just one of those things where I, I, it's happened before. And Ken Daly is not the first person to do it. Not that's not the worst or not the uh, last person to do it. Um, but uh, giving out fake quotes is like a harbinger of things to come, maybe like because that's uh, that's that's putting putting yourself on a different level in terms of uh, in terms of recruiting. So, yeah, that one was that one was fun. And uh, it, it's so like it's so stupid when you when you when you look back to it like silly sometimes we call these guys and they're about to commit to penn state or they're about to commit to somebody um i remember jalen matthews last uh, last month was like hey we know you're going to penn state we're not going to come out and say it but like we'd we would like you to tell us that and if you don't want to tell us that that's fine that's your prerogative but to say i'm going to arizona state or whatever it was at that point and give quotes about how much you like Coach Brenneman at Arizona State and things like that. Uh, that's, that's right. Uh, Brennan, with, Brennan was there. Yeah, that's that's that. one of those fun things that, uh, I mean, you, you're just like, what what are we doing here? Like going back to the, the Doan phrase, what are we doing here? And uh, <laughs> that was one where, you know, he's not at Penn State anymore. So that's, uh, that's, that's no. crazy to think about how, the, how all that goes. And then the next class, you've got Roy. And then the following class, you've got Taylor. And those two kind of, you know, converge and then split apart and, and things like that. It's never a dull moment, huh? Taylor, I didn't think was going to stick. I mean, I, I've put that on message boards. I, I, I didn't think it was quite the Roy situation, but I definitely thought that there was something going on there. So, hey, props to him. I was totally wrong, and I hope he has a great career. Uh, but I, I did not think Carmelo Taylor was going to end up signing in this past class. So, any, anyone else you can think of? The only one I could think of was Miles Hartfield, and that wasn't catching us by surprise. It just was all the drama that came after Miles. Of course, there was a scandal about hazing at his school. And, I mean, I, I will say Miles was always really good to me, and he did end up at Ole Miss, and he ended up playing. And uh, I was happy that – yeah, yeah, I was happy that uh, he ended up – 
getting the opportunity eventually. But um, I forget boy, what the school was off the top of my head. Do you boy, remember they the were was? they were not happy that they couldn't take him. Like you no. completely understand it. Coming off of everything that Penn State was coming off at that point, like you could not take Miles Hartsfield. And they wanted him badly. Like they wanted to figure out a way to make it happen. I know he went to prep school before he went to Ole Miss. Um, I think he's still in the NFL or at least on practice squad or something like that. So he's floating around. Um, but uh, yeah, they they wanted to to make that one work. It just unfortunately, circumstances being what they are, it's 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 tough to make that one. But uh, trying to think, like I got Sayerville wrong. What's that? Sayerville was the school, by the way. I just wanted to make sure I couldn't remember it was. And that also yep. reminded me of Vishim Young, by the way, which was another wild situation <laughs> wild that was that was on another level man i mean i don't think we're i don't think we need to touch that one today um that was no. that was crazy and, and and the funny thing is like and i know i've mentioned this on, on our sites before that like people still hold that against penn state like not taking Shim young despite yeah. the armed robbery charges is still being held against penn state and philly by some so that's crazy to think about and it's crazy this world um in terms of this recruiting world is is not uh, as i mentioned before I get away from it, I was wrong on Mike Gesicki. I thought he was going to Ohio State. Um, that was at a time when, you know, the, things were not going great for Penn State. Things were going great for Ohio State, and Penn State got a big win. Um, so I will say this. I'll take that every day. I, I will take being wrong and the kid coming to Penn State over saying the kid's coming to Penn State and the kid going to Ohio State because people forget about one. People don't forget about the other one. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's how we work in that in that realm. All right, man. I don't really have much else to add. We could do another podcast on all the uh, crystal balls and mistakes I've made over the years ourselves. Maybe maybe next week we can do that one. But uh, I don't have much else to add. Uh, we're, we're still another week or two away uh, from really building a visitor list. We did talk to someone the other day, though, Sean. Where, <laughs> uh, we asked, uh, hey, uh, who's all coming in March? And what they say? Everybody or Everybody. something like that. Everybody. Everybody's coming in March. So get ready for that one. So hopefully March will be a busy month. But uh, I forgot to ask everybody again to like and subscribe. T. Frank, next week I'll get it right. But uh, hey, we surpassed 10,000. So thank you everybody for subscribing to the YouTube page. $29.99 to subscribe to Blue White Illustrated right now. Uh, It goes until the twenty twenty start of the 2023 season so if you're going to subscribe you might want to do it here pretty soon you're losing value there but uh that'll be it for us for us this week we'll be back next week we'll try and find something pretty clever to talk about but uh for ryan snyder sean fitz good podcast today man we'll talk to you guys soon